Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. going to be talking to Tony Johnson uh, very shortly. Um, Rory says blue. Well, can I read that? I can read that. Bluey is my favourite kids show ever. I was going to say, in, in my youth, Bluey was not a word you use. Um, so just because you've never heard of it before, basically it's a t- it's an animated cartoon and it is uh, Blue Healers. Dogs. Yeah. So there's a Blue Healer, obviously dad, and then there's a mum. Although... The mum and the, the daughter are like orange. So I don't know if they're different types of blue healers or different different dogs altogether. But yeah, there's a mum and a dad and then two kids. One of them's called Bluey. Oh, and they're all dogs. Yeah, they're all dogs, but they sort of, you know, they live in a house and they, they can walk and talk and they play games. and yeah, Sounds a bit sci-fi. <laughs> well, it's certainly not realistic, given it's a cartoon, Mark. But yes. um, maybe I'll show you like a trailer for it or something in the break. And, oh, I can't wait. Hmm. They actually, to be fair, if we just get a little bit serious here, they did actually just do a show that got critical acclaim, I think, last week because it was actually about all about mental health with the mm. dad. Oh, nice. Because so they, they do tackle issues like parenting issues as well, which is why it's called quite subtle, um, but also a lot of fun for the, for the little ones as well. Little ones. Um, referees for the Rugby World Cup have been announced. Um, names that will be familiar to you, Wayne Barnes, England, widely regarded as the best referee in the world now. Nick Berry out of Australia, Andrew Brace from Ireland, Matt Carley from England, Carl Dixon from England, Angus Gardner, Australia, Ben O'Keefe and Paul Williams, uh, the New Zealand referees, uh, Luke Pearce, Yako Paper, it'll be his last World Cup, and Matthew Reynal, hopefully his last World Cup as well. Uh, assistant referees, um, James Dolman from New Zealand, uh, Jordan Waite out of Australia and TMOs there's a Kiwi in there Brennan Pickerel as well and the TMOs uh, include Joy Neville first time a women's referee has been included in the panel uh, Maris Yonker who used to be out on the turf um, he's now going to be in the TMO booth as well so that's all our rugby referees um, that we've got for the Rugby World Cup uh, we we're going to go and talk now to the man that we love talking to on Thursdays about everything rugby. Tony Johnson from Sky Sport joins us. G'day, TJ. Hello, Staffy. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good, good. The, the first squad has been announced for the Rugby World Cup, well, and it's yeah. the referee squad. Yeah. I just heard you mentioning that 
It's interesting. I mean, first of all, uh, congratulations, Ben O'Keefe and Paul Williams. They make the refereeing panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Dolman as an assistant referee and Brendan Pickerel as a TMO. Um, I, I think Brendan Pickerel's going really well at the moment. Um, but I, in a funny sort of way, uh, the way things are, are, are shaping, and I, I think that um, World Rugby has been very closely looking at the way the games have been um, officiated in Super Rugby with the way they have tried to sort of speed things up and cut down on the time spent, et cetera, et cetera. In, in a funny sort of way, in the way they're using the TMO, the TMO could almost become more important than the AR. So I, I think uh, Brendan Pickle certainly deserves that. So it's good to see this four New Zealanders and all. It's, it's pretty good. It, just looking at the ARs, they've only named seven and two uh, participate in every game. They are going to be busy. Yeah, um, I mean, that's not to say that when it gets to the sharp end of the competition, some of the guys that are actually on the referee panel won't go on to the uh, assistant role anyway. True. It's an interesting make-up. Um, it, it's, yeah, to a degree, it's just dominated by the Northern Hemisphere. Four English uh, referees, just one from France. That's our mate, uh, Mathieu Reynald, who, <laughs> uh, of course, uh, sort of hit the headlines in Melbourne last year. Uh, Lacey, the uh, the Irishman, who's really a Welshman who lives in England, but he, he's he's there as well. And our old mate uh, Giorgio uh, Amasha Kelly from from Georgia, uh, yeah, he seems he, he's made the, the trip as well. He's done well. Uh, two New Zealanders, two Australians, just one South African, as you mentioned on the refereeing panel. Um, so, but as I say, four English referees. And, and, you know, I, the Southern Hemisphere referees out, outnumbered a bit for those amongst you who can get a bit conspiratorial at World Cup time. And Joy Neville, uh, first woman to be appointed to a panel uh, in TMO uh, capacity. Uh, good reward for her. Yeah, I think so. It, interestingly, I, I've seen a couple of games where she's been the TMO and she's been very good. Um, you know, I, I think in terms of the leading women referees, I'm not sure that she's any better than three or four others, but she has fulfilled that role. Uh, it's probably, uh, you know, an important step. Um, and, uh, you know, look, to me, the, the key to it is, and I, I'm, as I say, I know that um, uh, Phil Davis, the former Athlete in Wales, number eight, who's now the director of rugby for World Rugby, he was out here recently, and he, he's a guy with a really open mind. Uh, it's quite refreshing, actually. I had a bit of a chat with him. Uh, you know, he, he's very interested in what's going on down here uh, we haven't got it completely right. There's still a lot of work to go, but I think we've taken sort of steps in the right direction. And I think they're very mindful of that. And also, in particular, the dynamic between the refereeing team, where we've gone back a bit more to the referee on the field being the, the major judge, if not the sole judge. And, and the idea being, although it's, you know, as typically as the season wears on, you know, some can't help themselves, but a lesser role for the ARs and the TMOs during the run of play, which I think has, has worked pretty well. Um, other And before we go Super Rugby this weekend, uh, Wayne Smith came out with some very interesting comments and almost as interesting was a current rugby player pretty much came out and said hogwash. Um, the the content of the, of not wasn't even a debate, it was one guy made a comment and the other guy said I disagree with the comment. Uh, interesting, food for thought. Well, it's healthy that, that someone, you know, A, um, feels the, the need to, to say something like that, but, but, but others respond. Um, I, you know, I was a bit surprised at, at just how strong the comments were. I think there was a little bit of a, a, a beat up in terms of the headlines are concerned. You know, 
Wayne Smith wasn't saying that he was sick of rugby. I think he was just getting um, um, fed up with the way uh, it's, it's being policed. And, and I think he was referring to Nick Berry in a game where he gave out five yellow cards. Uh, you know, he was bemoaning the uh, um, the, the, the rolling mall. Um, oh, look, I, I think yeah, he's got a point in a way. I, as I say, I was just a bit surprised, um, you know, Smithy's been great for rugby, but rugby's been great for Smithy too. Um, but I'm just a bit surprised at how strong the comments were. But I think coming from someone like him, they need to be listened to. But, you know, what we want is solutions. And I've offered up a couple before. Um, you know, I, I, the, the driving mall to me, they go, that's once, and then, okay, now use it. <clears throat> well, to me, the first time it stops, that should be use it. Mm. So the, the minute you stop the opposition... Um, rolling more, making any progress, and still, instead of giving them another go and then having to release it, release it immediately. Okay, you've stopped it, get rid of it. You've got five seconds to get rid of it. That might help. Um, but, you know, it's something that really has crept into the game, and, and some teams do it better than others. And we talk about the Brumbies. I think the Crusaders use the <clears throat> scrum as a weapon. Uh, Any time inside their own half, they've got a, uh, a scrum feed. They will look to use it to, to um, rather than to launch something to win a penalty, get themselves downfield, set up a line out and go from there. I'm not quite sure what uh, you do to, to maybe reduce the impact of that other than maybe go back to the days when you kick a, long, a penalty out, then, then it is the opposition's ball. Um, that, that's about the only thing I can think of there, but that would be a... a some would see a, a retrograde step to go back to that. Yeah, it was interesting last weekend, and I've been racking my brain which game it was, but I heard a referee say, use it, that's once, and then use it, use it, use it, and actually yeah. penalise them for not using it. And I thought, that's great. Um, I, I like to see it enforced. Well, yeah, as I say, if, if you straight away made them, um, the minute it stops the first time, the second it stops the first time, um, you have to use it, I, I, that that might help with the problem. I, of course, the, the other thing too is it's the only time in the game where you're allowed to put players between, uh, as the ball carrier, players between yourself and the opposition. And there's something wrong with that. Mm. Um, you know, you're not allowed to sack it. That's a that's a safety concern. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I I think that probably let's just see what happens at the World Cup. Um, and, and if it becomes a real blight at the World Cup, then I think they've got absolutely no choice but to do something about it. Yeah, because you just know that teams with uh, like Argentina, like Georgia, they will be training the house down to get their rolling malls going. Oh, yeah, well, Georgia, um, they made an art form out of it in, in previous World Cups. Uh, you'd like to think that maybe the game's progressed. Uh, Argentina... I mean, it would be criminal not to use the back. And their forwards aren't actually as strong as they used to be. I mean, they've mm. got this reputation of, of having a great scrummaging force and a great line-out drive. Perhaps in recent years, that, that's changed a bit. Um, you know, that, they've got some outstanding backs. I just I hope, that, I hope they use them. But, uh, you know, it was a World Cup with the stakes so high. Uh, and, and it happens in any form of World Cup. I mean, you think about some of the issues they've had in... in so, I mean, the, the 1990 FIFA World Cup, I remember it in particular because I was in the UK at the time. It was awful, um, just awful spectacle. Uh, and and you, you've got to do things. You know, if you care about the game, you've got to do things to change that. Yep, I agree. I agree. Let's have a look at this weekend's Super Rugby Round. The Chiefs should take uh, care of the Reds and can carry on their 
unbeaten one. I'm really looking forward to the Drua going to Perth and taking on the Force, and I want them to bottle up that home ground advantage and pretend they're in Fiji. The, the temperature will be similar. So impressed with them last week, TJ. Yeah, um, that, that's the next step for them, isn't it? We all know now uh, on the back of wins, uh, well, the one last week and then the one over the Hurricanes, we just know what uh, you know a, a tremendous, uh, tremendously difficult team they are. And that, that's what you want. You know, you want teams having to go into sort of more hostile environments now that particularly we don't go to South Africa. And by hostile, I don't mean the crowd. The crowd are fantastic. But the, the heat and those things, you want people experiencing different conditions. So, but yeah, this is the big key. Um, I, I don't think the Force are a, a, a bad team. They're a better team than second from bottom, that's for sure. And uh, they're only, what, uh, four points out of the eight. Uh, the and eight. Uh, wouldn't it be great to see the, the Drua go through? But they have to prove now they've got to take the next step that they're not just a, a home team. Uh, Moana Pacifica, oh so close last week. Um, they got that penalty try right at the end against them. No argument with that decision. Potentially Tom Robinson could have been penalised for coming on the side of an earlier ruck, etc. Um, but that was their best chance to pick up a, a win against the New Zealand rival. Yeah, um, I think you have to go all the way. At the beginning of the season, the first game, they lost that in the last minute too. That was uh, against the Fijian Drua. Um yeah, I suppose it's just a bit symptomatic of their, their season, really, that they've been competitive for a decent chunk of the game, but they just can't finish the job off. And it's it's going to be pretty difficult now for them, uh, particularly they'll be coming up against the Hurricanes team on the rebound, to get any sort of win uh, between now and the end of the season. You'd love to see it happen for them. But, yeah, they, they had a great chance there. They... they Certainly, disrupt. the Blues just hardly got out of second gear in the whole game. Uh, you, you, you can't help but suspect that the Blues went into that game thinking, or some of them went into that game thinking, uh, you know, it's already in the book. And they very nearly came away with an awful lot of egg on their face. And maybe looking ahead to this week's game where they go down to Christchurch and take on the Crusaders. It should be a marquee matchup. It should be a game full of high skill and high intensity. Yeah, um, the Blues, I sort of mentioned that they got stuck in second gear against the, the uh, Moana Pacifica. It's it's like they haven't got out of third gear for a while yet either. Interesting, their, their team's just um, come out, and, and they certainly have been strengthened to a degree. They've got uh, Patrick Tui-Pilotu back, Hoskins Satutu back, uh, Bowden Barrett back, uh, Rico Ioani, Mark Tillier. So they, they were all missing last week. That, that's going to take the edge off the team for sure, but not as much as it. Um, it shouldn't take it as much of an edge off as it actually did. The interesting one to me is uh, they've, they've listed the team and they've listed the players who were not considered because of injury and Roger Tuivasa-Shek's name doesn't appear on either of them. Oh. So does that mean they've just left them out uh, altogether? Um, yeah, uh, Harry Plummer, who, he's done a pretty solid job. Uh, he, he play, he's at 12 and, and the, the backline reserves, they've got Bryce Heem and AJ Lamb, so no... Uh, Roger Tuivasa-Shek, a uh, big one for Akira Ioane. Uh, he is on the bench, and when he comes on, it'll be his 100th game. And I think the Crusaders team has just been named here as well. And if I just uh, click on that, and the first place I'm going to look at in the second row, and is, uh, yeah, um, Sam Whitelock out again. Uh, it's not bad when you go with Scott Barrett and Quinton Strange. I thought Strange was really good last week. Um, and also... Um, just, you know, their forward pack, just 
continuing to be impressed by uh, the, um, the way Tamaiti Williams is coming on, Staffy. Uh, he's, a, he's a big, big, strong fella, but his, his game's coming on. Um, and I'm just having a look through the rest of the team as well. Yeah, it, it, it looks pretty strong. Jordan starting at fullback. You know, he, he, he was good last week. Uh, Dallas McLeod back on the right wing. Yeah, it looks a pretty strong team. But as I say, there's, there's no um, uh, no Sam Whitelock. And also uh, Dominic Gardner, who's a guy who, well, to me, he's a smoky for the World Cup. Mm. But in all black certainties of the future, but it looks like he's out as well. And I guess no Ethan Blackadder. Um, do you know well, how no, Do you no. know how far away he is? No, I got no idea, mate. If I'm going to be brutally honest, mm. but uh, it, it, I think it was at a. Now, did he have the calf injury? Um, yeah, I think it was oh, a calf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can be tricky, um, but they'll they'll want to get him back, you know, for the sharp end of the season because he'd been playing terrifically well. I mean, they've got a bit of power still to come back into their side, the Crusaders. But look, this is third against fourth. And I think that, you know, the Blues, if, if, if they are going to make a mark on the competition this year, here's their, here's their big chance. If, if they want to have any chance of getting a you know, home advantage you know, right through, um, they're in good shape to get a home quarterfinal. If they want a home semifinal as well, um, this is where you prove, show that you're worthy of it. Um, but Crusaders and Christchurch, uh, you know, they, they did a pretty good job last week uh, against the force. They, they, you know, they, they did everything they needed to do, got the job done. And uh, they'll be they'll be well set up um, for, for this game in, in front of their home fans. And last thing I just wanted to bring up with you the memorandum of understanding with Japanese rugby. We don't I well, don't exactly know what it's going to look like, but I'm pleased the conversations being had. Yeah, I, I look, I think this is a really positive move. I mean, we'll await the details. The speculation is that there's going to be more games between uh, New Zealand teams, such as uh, the All Blacks. Uh, New Zealand Day or the All Blacks 15, as they insist on calling it. Uh, the Maori All Blacks, um, you know, hopefully women's games as well, because Japan, they've got a, um, is it, what do they call them, the Sakura, the women's team? They're a really good um, women's team as well. Um, but to me, I just think, you know, for the future, I think some sort of uh, tie-up going forward, whereby maybe that's the place where New Zealand players can go and, you know, and play, and still be eligible for the All Blacks. I think if you restricted it to Japan, um, particularly with the influence of New Zealand coaching up there, uh, got on the same page, then then I think that that's the only exception that you could ever make to that rule. And and maybe this is a step towards something like that. Who knows? Yeah, I agree. And and the nature of these days sport, um, TJ, is finances. And they have a lot more finances to put into programs than we do down here. And so if we can tap into that and they can tap into our rugby IP, I think both parties can come out um, much, much better for that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, you know, the Sunwolves, uh, much as I, I, I thought it was a great idea, welcomed it, just didn't work. And it didn't work for two reasons. Firstly, um, Japan rugby, they didn't want to upset... Um, you know the, the the big industrial giants who who really own the teams up there. And it's mm. interesting that they've kind of moved away from that. The branding of the team has now become more sort of about the the region or the city that they represent rather than the company that they represent. So that's an interesting step. And of course, the other thing too was that the South Africans, you know, whining about the travel again, uh, wouldn't play in Japan, would only go as far as Singapore, and so that that didn't help them at, at all. Um, 
and and so I think you know if you're going to have a tie-up, it has to be with their existing teams. And I don't know how it would work, how it would look in future, but I think this is a little investment in the future. Uh, but you know, in in some ways. It might, the day might be coming where we need Japan as much as they need us. Mm. Bang on, TJ. Which team sheets are you studying for this weekend? Uh, the ones I've just been talking about. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this game Saturday night in Christchurch. Good man, good man. I can't wait to hear it and watch it as well. Thanks heaps as always, TJ. Okay, off to watch the basketball, mate. Oh, look at you go. Oh, who have you got? Uh, well, I've been a Lakers fan since I first went to LA in the 80s, so... Um, I, I, you know, I know a lot of people like the Golden State Warriors. To me, they like watching a, a an old computer game. You know, with <laughs> sort of Xbox games, pinging everything from outside the arc. You know, roll your sleeves up, guys. Get your get your hands dirty. Get to the paint. <laughs> get a nosebleed. I love it, TJ. All right, yeah. go and watch your boys. Thanks, mate. Okay, see ya. Uh, TJ, big Lakers fan. I love that. They're down seventeen seven. Golden State. They've come out hot. Six and a half to go, and it's seventeen seven. Already. We'll have a break and we will return right after that.